and I welcome you to What's New. We move on today in our study of Matthew's Gospel to the opening four verses of chapter 8. We have just concluded our study of the Sermon on the Mount, which will be the law of the land during the millennium. There has been given no higher ethic than this discourse. So the question arises, how can anyone attain to this high standard? Matthew answers this by bringing together a series of miracles which demonstrate that the one who gave the ethic also has the dynamic for its accomplishment. Jesus told us in John 15:5, "Without me, you can do nothing." This fact we need to remember at all times. We in ourselves are unable to produce anything which is acceptable to God. Christ today works through the Holy Spirit whom he sent into the world to accomplish through us what we cannot do. Now, here in chapter 8 and 9, Matthew continues to prove that Jesus is the king, the one promised by the Old Testament writers. Jesus had the power to heal human diseases. He had the power over nature, and he had the power over the realm of of the spirit world. Now, here in the opening four verses of chapter 8, Matthew gives us the account of Jesus' healing the leper. Here now is what he writes. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the hillside. Look, a leper is approaching him. He kneels before him, worshiping. Sir, the leper pleads, if you want to, you can heal me. Jesus touched the man. I want to, Jesus replied, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus says to him, don't stop to talk to anyone. Go right over to the priest to be examined and take with you the offering required by Moses' law for lepers who have been healed, a public testimony of your cure. When we saw the gracious sea, let thy children more depart with the blessing of thy peace and thy great here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Matthew was a Jew and a disciple of Jesus. He had come to know Jesus and believed in him. He wrote primarily to convince his people that Jesus was the Messiah and King promised by the prophets. So the writer of this first gospel called Matthew presents the credentials and the manifesto of the King. The Jews were amazed at the content and manner of his teaching. I focused on that yesterday. Jesus spoke with unusual, unique authority, 
But could he translate words into actions? Or was he just a great dreamer who could articulate his dreams well? Was he just a prophet of vision? Or could he realize his visions? Did he possess the dynamic to bring his ideas to pass? Many humans can dream and can articulate their dreams well, but they are totally unable to carry them out. While we need dreamers, we also need people who are doers. So the readers of Matthew would still ask, But has Jesus the power to be king? He speaks well. His content and manner are great. He can articulate the vision, but can he perform? Now, Matthew answers that, beginning with chapter 8, by listing a series of miracles of Jesus. We humans have trouble trusting the words of God. We want to see deeds, so these Jews. They had heard his words, but now they wanted to see if he could really deliver. I believe sin has clouded our minds and our understanding, so that we humans under sin find it difficult to fully trust what God says. And sometimes he accommodates us by giving us some supernatural acts, we call miracles, to confirm his words. That's what Matthew does here. Of course, it's a sign of mature faith if we trust what he says without the confirmation of his deeds. But these Jews had barely been introduced to Jesus. He sounded great, but perhaps he was just a dreamer, and they had had many such dreamers before who claimed to be the Messiah. So, could he perform? The first three miracles listed by Matthew in the first part of chapter 8 include the healing of a man with leprosy, the healing of the centurion's servant, and the healing of Peter's wife's mother from a fever. Matthew describes the first miracle this way. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. That's chapter 8, 1 to 4. Perhaps this man had what is known today as Hansen's disease or some other skin disease. Whatever the precise ailment, it made him ceremonially unclean. It was believed by some that his disease was a curse from God. In the Bible, there is only one other clear record of a healing from leprosy, and that is Miriam, the sister of Moses and Aaron. Some considered the healing of leprosy as difficult as the raising from the dead. So here's this man, apparently in the crowd, where he really shouldn't have been. But he was desperate. He knelt before Jesus. That word includes worship. He called Jesus Lord, which means that he perhaps knew more than he let on. He knelt, worshipped, and called Jesus Lord. Furthermore, he said, if you are willing. 
Now that tells volumes. While Jesus had healed throughout the region, these words show that this man believed in him. He had no doubt as to Jesus' power to heal. But he was afraid that Jesus might pass him by. If you are willing, he said. The fact is that Jesus did not heal everyone. Evidently, this man knew that it was not his will to heal every sick person. He knew that Jesus had the power and the authority to heal, but would he decide to do so? So this prayer was right on, if you are willing. Of course, Jesus' answer was, I am willing. Then Jesus did something which the Jews must have wondered about, even his followers. He touched the man. Anyone who touched a leper was thereby ceremonially defiled and unclean. Jesus broke the law. Jesus did things that the Jews must often have wondered about. He received sinners and ate with them. The thinking was that pollution is mightier than purity, that sin always contaminates. But Jesus was not an ordinary human. Being God, nothing could defile Jesus. There was nothing in him that sin could appeal to. Rather, what he touched became clean. He could be a genuine friend of sinners and not be contaminated by the sin. But the sinners were made clean. Instead of imparting their impurity to him, he imparted his purity to them. That's the difference between Jesus and us. He was holy and what he touched became holy. He doesn't become unclean, he makes clean. Two final points. Jesus touched the man and he spoke to the man and said, be clean. His words and his touch are effective. His authority lies both in his acts and in his words. Both are always equally authoritative. This could be said of no human. Jesus' authority is God's authority because he was and is God. Finally, Jesus instructed the man not to tell anyone, at least not until he had shown himself to the priest. Why? Perhaps Jesus did not want to become known as a mere wonder worker. His miracles were never theatrical. That's the tragedy of many supposed miracle workers today. They make a production of it. Jesus knew that it would be so easy for the crowd of Jews to become materialistic and attempt political gains over Rome if he performed miracles just to show his power. Jesus knew that he had come to die, not to defeat Rome now. So this miracle shows that Jesus is master over sin. He forgives it.
What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.